Exodus 33, verses 18 and 19, Moses said, Please show me your glory. And God said, I will make all my goodness pass before you and will proclaim before you my name, the Lord. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Think This Way, the podcast of Faith Bible Church. My name is Bryce Beal. I'm a pastor elder here at Faith Bible Church. Today I have with me Mike Schaus. Mike, thank you so much for being here. It is awesome to be here, Bryce. Thanks I, for having me. I think you're winning on the number of episodes that you've done, so good job. Good awesome. job with it that. It is definitely a competition, so it's good. <laughs> Definitely, everything. <laughs> no. So today, though, we are uh, continuing this quarter, which is a focus that we started last week. That's going to continue for the next three months, and it is my favorite focus, and it is a focus on God himself, or what we call theology proper. Last week, we began discussing the study of God. This week, we're going to continue the theme of last week. It's going to overlap, but I really want to focus on one part of the study of God, and it is what we call the attributes of God. Let me give you a working definition of an attribute. I tried to make it as easy as possible. I looked at my systematic theologies, and I thought, these are complicated. I'm just going to give you the real simple one. Here it is. An attribute of God is something true about God. So when you put it that way, I hope you can see that when we're studying God, even though the word attribute might sound like, oh no, we're getting technical. We're getting academic here, a word attribute. No, no, no. The word attribute is simply how we refer to something that's true about God. So when we talk about the attributes of God, which we're going to be doing all quarter, just know that we're not referring to some mystical, distant, abstract idea. We're just saying something true about God. So when we say attributes of God, things that should come to mind are attributes like God is all-powerful. That's something true about God. Or God is all-knowing. That's true about God. Another attribute of God is that he's loving. Another is that he's eternal. And on and on. It's really important, if I can risk being a little bit abstract here, but not too much, it's really important in considering the attributes of God that we remember what theologians have long referred to as the divine simplicity of God. We do not mean that God is simple, meaning, oh, there's not much about God. Absolutely the opposite. But what we mean by simplicity is that you can't separate out the parts of God. So when we talk about attributes of God, he's loving and he's just and he's holy and he's powerful, don't Think of these as little circles of data that when you scrunch them all together, that's God. That is a very wrong way to think about God. That would be making this study academic in a bad way. No, there is a simplicity to God. His attributes are just who he is. All of them are completely together. And the reason we refer to one and then another and then another is not because of God. It's actually because of us. It's because we're so limited that I can't think of God's love and justice and holiness all at the same time. I can only think of one at a time. And so we refer then to attributes of God. But I do hope you can keep in mind, speaking of the attributes of God, if you put them all together, that's simply God. 
That's what we're talking about. But because we're limited, we have to think of God from one perspective at a time. Think of his love right now. Think of his justice. But none of those are competing. You can't separate those. These are just the things that are true about God. Now, that is the definition of an attribute of God. Some of you are very familiar with language like attributes of God and others, maybe not so much. I wanted to ask you, Mike, because you have an interesting story, even of how you got into uh, deep theology and got to Faith Bible Church. I wanted to ask you if you remembered when you first started learning theology like what we're talking about now, where we use phrases like the attributes of God, (laughs) these kinds of phrases that aren't automatically understood. Do you remember when you first started to encounter this kind of theology and what you thought about it? So probably around 29 years ago, uh, I was watching a... Mike, I'm 29 years old. <laughs> so Put me to shame. Uh, yeah. Great oh, wisdom. Oh, my goodness. I appreciate you saying that, Bryce. Thanks. Now I know why I feel so tired and weak. But <laughs> anyway, 29 years ago, uh, I remember watching this video series with a young R.C. Sproul, uh, and it was called Chosen, I think it was called Chosen by God. And in it, he's going through, you know, just the tulip, total depravity, unlimited, um, unlimited, uh, unconditional, unconditional election. Yeah, there you go. Limited atonement, irresistible grace, and total depravity. Perseverance of the saints. Perseverance it of the saints. It was 29 years ago, oh Mike. You get, you get some grace. <laughs> Sorry. I've taught all day and my brain is a little fried. <laughs> but I remember when he was talking about predestination, um, just like that, that new that new term and that concept, just like what was this, and just wrestling through it, but then being so comforted by that thought, you know, that God chooses us out for salvation. And that's so important because even here at Faith Bible Church, our first distinctive is a high view of God. It's one of the things that we pray sets us apart is a high view of God. So when we're talking about theology, whether it's tulip that you mentioned or uh, attributes of God, we understand that these can be understood as like, oh, academic, heady, cold, sterile, stuffy, proud, people love these things. That can be true, but it doesn't have to be true. Theology is us trying to understand what God has revealed of himself to us. And it can be a very rich experience, as you found in your own case. So that does lead us into this next part here of this podcast, which is if these are the attributes of God, something true about God that we consider one at a time, then why should we study the attributes of God? We talked about this last week. I have three points this week, and they're overlapping with last week. But here's the first one. I want to convince you that you should study the attributes of God, not just this quarter, but your whole life. Number one is what we talked about last week. One part of knowing God personally is knowing true things about God. You cannot know God personally if you don't know some true things about God, just like you can't know your wife personally, have a close relationship with her if you don't know anything about her. If you don't know your anniversary, her birthday, her eye color, her preferences, you know none of those things. You say, ah, that's just academic. I just want to have a relationship with my wife. And she says, well, no, (laughs) and rightly so. So knowing about 
is not all we want to do with God, but it's one step in knowing God personally. We trust those that we consider trustworthy, so the higher view that we have of God, the closer trusting relationship we will have with him. So Hosea 6.3, we see the prophet saying, let us know, let us press on to know the Lord. And he's saying that in a context of judgment where Judah and Israel have been wicked, there is devastation coming, it's a very horrible context. And in that context, he starts by saying, come, let's return to the Lord. And then he says, let's know. Let's press on to know the Lord. And then he says something true about the Lord. His going out is as sure as the dawn. He points to the faithfulness. That's an attribute of God. The faithfulness of God calling people to this relationship. Another reason that we want to study the attributes of God is for our own personal holiness. I talk to people in counseling every week who are confused about who God is and what God is like, and then are dealing with the consequences of that confusion in their life. When you're struggling, fighting your spouse, you're addicted to a substance, you probably don't first think, this is because I don't know who God is. However, that's often true. Here's a quote from A.W. Tozer, his book, The Knowledge of the Holy. Quote, I believe there is scarcely an error in doctrine or a failure implying Christian ethics that cannot be traced finally to imperfect and ignoble thoughts about God. If you want to see victory in overcoming sin in your own life, I assure you that one of the most certain ways to overcome sin and to become more holy, more loving, more gracious, more faithful, more steadfast in your own life is to better understand God, who is all of those things. So we study the attributes of God because it fosters our trusting relationship with Him, because it helps us to grow in personal holiness, but here's the main reason above all others. We study the attributes of God because we love to study the attributes of God, because it's an act of worship. Because we are called to delight ourselves in God, and that is the reason we were created above everything else, is to delight ourselves not in the things God gives us, but it's to delight ourselves in God himself. That's the main reason. You remember that text that I quoted in Exodus 33 at the beginning of this podcast, where Moses is on Mount Sinai, and he says, and if you read that text, it seems at a random spot, but he just bursts out, please, God, Show me your glory. He could have asked for so many things on that mountain. (laughs) He was leading a mass of rebellious people. (laughs) He could have asked for all kinds of help, all kinds of assistance, and yet in a way that seems random to us, the thing that Moses most wants is, God, show me your glory. And you could say, what would Moses benefit from seeing God's glory? That's not practical. That's not going to help him make the business day-to-day decisions in Israel as he leads that nation. That's not going to give him money. That's not going to help his health. Why does he want to see God's glory? Because that's what he was made for. Because that's what we're made for. This is why I love this quarter, just focused on God. And there are many practical things we're going to talk about, but I don't want to forget the fact that we were created for worship. Studying the attributes of God is its own end is its own purpose, its own fulfillment, even if we got nothing else from it. 
To back this up, here's Jonathan Edwards, greatest theologian we've produced here in America to date. He says, quote, God is the highest good of the reasonable creature. The enjoyment of him is our proper and is the only happiness with which our souls can be satisfied. Amen and amen. As we finish up this podcast, Mike, I thought we'd close here by making this practical, if you will, by making this practical, by just asking you, when you think about the attributes of God, is there one that's especially meaningful to you and why? One. (laughs) I mean, I think of uh, God's grace, how gracious he is, merciful, loving, kind, long-suffering, but the one that really comes to me every morning, I feel like a broken record every morning when I start my prayers out, my morning devotions, it's because I, I do the acts, you know, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication, and the adoration, I always start off with sovereignty. I just am so comforted by the fact that God is in sovereign control, not over, not only over my life, but everyone's lives. I think of just the state of the world, how, you know, tumultuous it is, the state of the uh, church in America, you know, how divisive we've become with each other. And I know that God is working all things out for the good, and He is sovereign. There's nothing we can do to stop His plan. Excellently said. I agree with you with all my heart. <laughs> I mentioned before we recorded this podcast that recently teaching this class, this ACE on Revelation, that's what stood out to me the most, was how oddly refreshing it was in all the chaos of our times and all the instabilities and all the confusions, that as I was studying Revelation, I forgot all those. It's kind of why we turn to entertainment media, you know, to just forget all the troubles. And God made us in that way, but he summons us to himself to forget our troubles and be lost in himself and his glory, his sovereignty. Like what a comfort it is to meditate on these things. Whoever you are listening to this, perhaps in the past things like the attributes of God seemed like a cold, sterile subject for stuffy academicians up in a high tower somewhere. It's not. So even if you thought that way before, may God help us all now to think this way. Mm